Father God, would you please now speak through my words and help us to hear your wisdom and your truth from your word. Amen. Would you please be seated? One of the big themes in Luke's Gospel is that in the Kingdom of God, the exalted will be humbled and the humble will be exalted. Mary praises God when she is told she is to be the mother of Jesus. She speaks in what we know as the Magnificat, as if the Kingdom of God has already come on earth. She says he's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus proclaims his manifesto. He has come for the poor, the captive, the blind, and the oppressed. Later, Jesus says, Woe to you who are rich, woe to you who are full, woe to you who laugh now. And blessed are you who are poor, blessed are you who are hungry, blessed are you who weep now. On several occasions, he says how in the kingdom of heaven, the order of this world will be transformed, turned upside down. The first will be last and the last will be first. In the passage we read this morning at the nine o'clock service, he says how those who are exalted will be humbled and those who are humble will be exalted. And he tells his disciples that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven will not be the person who lords it over others, but be the person who serves. And in Luke 14, it is no different. Jesus Jesus challenges those people who think they are more important than other people, who like to take the places of honour. He warns them that they will be humbled. And he also says, that those who take the lowest seats will be exalted. So what's going on? Is this simply a story about where you should sit at a formal dinner? Or should we look for something more? Is Jesus telling us not to push ourselves forward, not to promote ourselves? Is he looking, or is he telling us to look at ourselves realistically? Well, yes, yes, and yes. But it's more than that. This is good news for those who think they are nobody. And it's also surprisingly good news for those who are trying to become somebody. We play the game of trying to get on in life, of proving ourselves to others and maybe to ourselves, of making sure that we're invited to the right parties that we're the big shot in the room, or at least that our status is recognised and we get the right honour. That was what people were doing at this lunch party that Jesus was at. And when when we're not guests but hosts, we have to try and check that we have the correct guest list, that all the right people are there, the people we can boast about, I know so and so or the people who will help us get on in life, or the people who will increase our wealth or our status. In one of the Harry Potter books, 
Uncle Vernon invites Mr. and Mrs. Mason to dinner. Mr. Mason is the owner of a large drill company, and Uncle Vernon has invited him to dinner because he's hoping to sign a very profitable agreement with Mr. Mason. Everybody has their job to do. Uncle Vernon is the host, Aunt Petunia is the hostess, son Dudley is to flatter Mr. Mason outrageously, and Harry, Harry, says Uncle Vernon, you are to remain up in your room pretending that you do not exist. Of course, it all goes wrong. Mrs. Mason ends up with the dessert over her head and fleeing the house because of an invasion of owls and she happens to have an owl phobia. And Mr. Mason doesn't sign the contract. Well, is Jesus here? telling us not to play the status game, not to use our dinners or functions for things like that. Well, he says here, if you are invited to a dinner party or a function, head for the lowest seat. Notice how Jesus changed the proverbs that, proverb that Cassania read. In Proverbs, we're told not to put ourselves forward in the king's presence, because, or that could be in your boss's presence or whoever it is, because we might be humiliated. We're told that it's better to let them promote us rather than demote us. A rabbi who taught 80 years after Jesus advised his disciples to take the place, following this proverb, three places lower than where they thought they should be at. That is, if you don't mind me saying, politically very wise, very sensible. It means you will probably be promoted by the host, but if you're not, you avoid the risk of being demoted, and if you stay in that seat, you won't be shamed. But Jesus says, when you go to a dinner party or function, take the lowest seat. Not a lower seat, not the seat three below where you think you should be, but the lowest seat. Why? Well, because we as Christians are living for a different kingdom. We're not living for the kingdoms of this world, for the status and power and wealth that they can give us. So we do not need to play the games of the kingdom of this world. That is good news for you, whoever you are. It's exhausting playing this status game. It takes so much time and energy. We angst that people do not think well of us. We get angry because we don't get the honour or respect that we think we deserve. I remember, to my awful, awful, awful shame, when I was in Bury St Edmunds, we used to have these big town functions going in on one particular big function, big dinner, and finding I was on a very low table and being completely mortified and thinking somebody must have made a mistake. Honestly, what was I playing at? <laughs> and it's not necessary to play this status game. In the real world, in the world of the kingdom of God, the truly solid world of the kingdom of God, it just doesn't matter 
how important or unimportant, how powerful or powerless, how respected or insignificant we are in this world. Indeed, it is much harder to see the kingdom of God when we're cluttered down with stuff and status. On one occasion, Jesus tells his disciples it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And thirdly, it doesn't matter if we find we're in the lowest place, because Jesus has come for people who sit in the lowest places or who are made to sit in the lowest places. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writes how in the community of the early Christians, not many were wise by human standards, powerful or of noble birth. And he continues, God chose what is foolish in the world, what is weak in the world, what is low and despised in the world. God chose the things that are not, because the things, the people who are not, know their need for God and their dependence on God. There is nothing or nobody who, can they, re who they can rely on apart from God. And it's through people who are not but who put their trust in God, that God can show his power. And it's good news, because the kingdom of God, the doors of the kingdom of God are flung open, flung wide open to the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. It's thrown open to the people whose society says are nobodies, who have nothing and are nothing in this world. Jesus makes that clear in the story that he tells straight after this. One of the guests, hearing Jesus talk like this, says, it's one of those really pious remarks, so you just wonder why he said it. He suddenly says, blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of heaven. And in response, Jesus tells of a person who threw a great dinner and invited many guests. He sent them invitations ahead of time, and when the feast was ready, he sent them a reminder. But on the day of the banquet, they all made excuses. They had this world things to do. They had to inspect new property, inspect a new purchase, go on honeymoon. And so the person instructs his servants to go into the streets and lane, lanes, and it's exactly the same words, bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. In other words, Jesus seems to be saying, yes, those who eat and feast, those who eat at the feast of the kingdom of God will be blessed. But the problem is that most people, especially those who are too much tied up with the things of this world, will miss the invitation. It's the poor, the crippled, the blind and lame who will hear and respond. And so when Jesus tells his followers, when you give a luncheon or dinner. Don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbours. They might invite you back and you've already got your reward. When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. He's not saying you should never invite your friends or family round for a meal. He's not saying even that you shouldn't occasionally invite the Mr Masons. Jesus sat at table with his friends. Rather, he's saying, if you are into this status-seeking dinner party game, then if you really want the honour that matters, status in the kingdom of heaven, you are to imitate God. And you are to invite not your friends or rich neighbours, 
but the poor, crippled, lame and blind. It's very interesting that the places where Christianity is having most impact is often within some of the poorest communities in our world. People are turning to God. I remember going, having the privilege of going to uh, uh, the, uh, a church, uh, some churches in Tanzania, and just being struck, not only by the poverty of the people among whom we were living, but also their open hearts, their welcome, and their absolute trust in God. That's also true in communities where people are experiencing trauma, when the things that they've put their trust in have been stripped away from them, and they find that they are standing on shaky ground. They also are turning to God. They realise that they need God, and they're looking for another world. The opposite is also true. In stable, wealthy communities, people generally do not turn to God, unless it's to provide a religious facade or justification for their wealth or power. They think they don't really need God because they have everything that they do need. I said at the beginning that this was not just good advice for dinner parties or functions, but it is also quite good advice. You may be someone who puts on parties or invites people around. If you are, that is a great thing. Hospitality is a spiritual gift. And put quite bluntly, churches where people eat together are churches which grow. And if you are not, then maybe this is a challenge to us to become more hospitable, to invite people, even if it's simply going with someone to Moomoo or somewhere. But if, you're, if you are someone who throws parties, Make sure that when you send out the invitation, you invite not only the bright and attractive and influential and interesting and significant guests. Don't just invite the people who can help you get on, but invite also those who seem to have no status in this world and who won't get, help you get on in this world. And when they come, honour them. When you go to a party, secondly, do not go thinking you're the most important person. Or do not go thinking, how can I prove that I am the most important person? And don't go thinking, how can I speak with or engage with the most important or the most powerful or the most beautiful people here? How can I use this or them to get on? Instead, take the lowest place. Try and treat every other person there, however dull they may seem to you, or boring, or plain, or unimportant. Not as if they are the most important person in the world, we're not told to do that, but at least as if they are more important, or more worthy of honour than yourself. It's what Paul suggests. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Or in Romans 12:10, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honour. I suspect 
that deep down within us, most of us are really scared that if they take away our professional role or our human status, or if they strip away our bravado and the defensive walls that we build up, that if they remove our metaphorical and literal makeup or the projected images that we present to the world, then we will be seen for what we think we are. Dull, boring, plain and unimportant. But you know, it doesn't matter. Because Jesus told us you don't need to be the most important in the room. In fact, it doesn't matter if you're the most insignificant person in the room. Because Jesus did not come for people in the top seats, but for people in the bottom seats. He came for dull, boring, plain, uninteresting and unimportant people. He extends his invitation to the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. And he loves us and he died for us. And he welcomes us. He welcomes, he welcomes us, he likes us, he invites us, even people like you and me, to feast with him at the banquet in the resurrection in the kingdom of heaven.